Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Buzz, and I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses Church. And I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but I confess that today's podcast guest is my favorite podcast guest ever. That's right. It's my wife, Tara. (laughs) Wow, that's a high honor. Thank you. And also, I better be. (laughs) You are welcome. And also, you are. So we were coming off of Sunday uh, at our worship service. We had the Repent, Refresh, Renew uh, worship service on Sunday, which was an amazing experience. I hope that you got to be there. Um, Chris Rodriguez did an amazing job envisaging what it might be like to walk through the parable of the prodigal son and turn our sins over to the Lord and walk through the refreshing that comes with turning back to him. And so today, Tara and I thought it might be interesting to unpack one of the issues that she and I have to continually repent, refresh, and renew ourselves from in our lives as husband and wife and in our life as a parent. I hope that the topic is interesting for you and that you can relate and that you yourself can repent, refresh, and renew as we try to steward ourselves into becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. So I know you're all wondering, what's the dirt? What are they dealing with? What's going on over there? So Tara, why don't you tell us What's up today? So, yeah, this is definitely, it's a heavy issue. It's a weighty issue, um, but it's something that I think comes up in all relationships, but um, very much in particular in parenting, and that is the issue of, dun-dun-dun-dun, anger. Um, Don't get scared away. (laughs) Stay tuned. Listen in. And I don't mean to imply that there isn't grace for um, angry outbursts in relationships or angry outbursts in parentings. In parenting, there's very much grace um, for what we feel and how we react. But I think that we also really need to take responsibility for how we respond to our kids. And I think it's it's a serious issue and it's been an issue for me that I really needed to assess my heart and dig into and just ask the Lord for his help and his grace. Um, not to derail, I apologize for my voice and Tara's voice. We're recovering from (laughs) illness, which is why the podcast here is delayed a little bit. So if you hear me, uh, hacking up my black lug, like (laughs) Zoolander, that's what's going on over here. We're tucked away at home in the corner of our recording studio with our kids downstairs. You may hear them as well, but um, I'm grateful for Tara for bringing out this idea of anger, and I think it is a timely issue and one that a lot of people struggle with, uh, but generally behind closed doors, not something that you display in public or, you know, certainly you can't be angry in Target or at church. (laughs) Or can you? (laughs) Well, I mean, probably, probably you could, but you got to control yourself when you're down there in the Lego aisle. Everybody is watching. So, um, this idea of anger, uh, Tara, as you're kind of processing it, is this something that happens for you internally or is it something that's external? Is it a feeling you get like within your body or your mind or how does it kind of manifest for you? Um, many different ways to be honest. And this is a very, revealing podcast episode. So, um, just thank you for your understanding and your grace as you listen to our journey and our story about that.
but I really just wanted to shed some light on it. I wanted to be honest about those things that we sometimes joke about. I feel like there are tons of mom memes about it. One of my favorites is, dear kids, I'm sorry I yelled, but in my defense, you were acting like a bunch of psychos. And we can kind of chuckle at that and we can all relate um, because the fact is, Our kids do assail us all through the day with many opportunities to get angry. And I think it can really stack up um, just basic things like disputes over toys, over food, over their space, over whose fart was the loudest. You're spending your day just tripping over stuffed animals. You're crunching on Legos. You've got your daily water spills. I mean, how many times does that happen for us? I'm trying to tabulate, and I actually cannot count that high between the water spills and the Legos extracted from the air vent and uh, And the the disputes. You've got pee all over the toilet seat, which is my favorite. Hashtag not my favorite. I have four boys. We have four boys. Did you know that? We do. We share them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember. (laughs) That's why I just fell asleep. I needed to get a little nap time in because... Four kids is a lot of kids, which means a lot of mess and a lot of noise and a lot of turmoil and uh, a lot of opportunity to grow in patience or to respond with frustration or anger. So I think it just really stacks up for me on certain days. And I think there can be situations where it's almost like a perfect storm where there's already other intervening factors that kind of go in to us feeling very overwhelmed. And then we have this dramatic emotional response. People call it a lot of different things, right? We've got, you know, losing your cool or, um, I was just really stressed out or that was a mom fit or a dad fit, um, flying off the handle. I don't know. What do you call it? I don't know. I've never heard the term mom fit before. (laughs) Maybe I just made that up because I've had a few. I mean, it's kind of like a tantrum where you just sort of flip out and you're crying and you're upset and maybe you're yelling and in general, you're just out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the kind of anger that we're focusing on today. Of course, anger can come a couple of different ways. Um, do you think, Tara, that anger is something to be controlled? Is it something to that's like inevitable? Or is it something that we can? Um... Yeah, I think definitely that the Bible speaks to the fact that anger is a real and valid emotion, and we are allowed to feel it. Um, but Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. And that's really what I want to speak about today, the fact that we will get angry and that's okay. Our kids can be crazy and disrespectful and they talk back and they are sinful in their nature as well. So they drive us to some um, very real feelings, but it's how we um, react in that moment that I think we can do a more intentional job of preparing for and um, investing in and controlling in the moment. So you're talking about this idea of preparing for anger in advance. Can you give us some examples of the type of 
things that you might do or the way you might arrange your life to help prevent the anger building or these stimuli building up into kind of this cascading anger? How yeah. might you uh, pre preempt and circumvent that type of boiling over? I think for myself, I've come to um, just ascertain that there are some different triggers for me. Um, there's different times where I've realized it's definitely um, my lack of preparation, my failure to prepare, that maybe I didn't leave enough time for the task that I want the kids to do. Hashtag leaving for church every Sunday morning. I've really been learning my lesson on that. We lived um, 30 minutes from the church for the last three years, and that just required an extra build-in of time, and I didn't always succeed at that. So I was kind of just the morning drill sergeant where I was like, go, 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 run, get your shoes, tie them you know, strap the yourself to like, the roof, whatever it is, get the in the car. out of their bedroom window, <laughs> like down in through the sunroof. Yes, know. literally. <laughs> Breakfast on the go. So they're kind of cranky. Everybody's just stressed out. They're trying to help each other, but it never felt um, timely enough or ordered enough. So then I was stressed and they were stressed. But you know, our, our kids were totally, totally old enough to get up and care for themselves, stress themselves pour their own breakfast. You know, we're talking about two-year-old, a four-year-old, <laughs> a yes. six-year-old. And that's I guess they're a little thing. older by now, but like, you know, we expected too much of them, left yes. the time short, and then we're mad at them, question mark, right. which is how you feel. And then really it's your own fault for yes. not executing your system properly. It's my own failure to prepare and to get up a little earlier and to just maybe lay out their clothes or get the breakfast all ready to go. Um, or like you were kind of hinting on, Buzz, but not scoping their littleness properly. Um, I have arisen many times to finding cereal just strewn to kingdom come because Gabe is trying to self-serve. <laughs> not to name any names, but Gabriel. Wow. <laughs> so Tara and I are both night owls, but our children did not get this bug. They got the early bird bug for some reason. And so they arise while it's still dark. What time do they get up? <laughs> like three in the morning? Who knows? Who knows when they're crawling out of bed? And uh, they're allowed to pour themselves a bowl of cereal if they want kind of to get that rolling. And our 10-year-old, Roman, can do it. And our four-year-old, Gabriel, not as not as much. Yeah, not, not as well. so much. So... There's granola all over the table, all over the floor. There might be some spilled milk um, mixed in with toys. It's all stirred together. It's just a horrifying sight to wake up to. And it's it's an opportunity to keep your cool or to decide, I am going to get up a lot earlier and be their mom and show up when they are needing something and just accept that they are still little and they're still in need of a lot of care. Um, I think sometimes we have a failure to train our kids for our expected goal. So we expect them to achieve this high result. And when they don't, it's so disappointing or it's so frustrating. But it's really our, our lack of training. Um, we kind of joke that 
Roman folds clothes the way daddy does. Do you remember that? I remember it. And you're saying that we joke, which this is not funny. This is not funny. We all joke. Go go ahead. Tell everybody how we joke. You and I both 50% each joke like this. I remember a couple years ago sitting down to fold laundry and Roman coming over so sweetly, so generously wanting to help mommy. And I look over and he's wadded the shirt up into a tight ball. And he's so proud. And he's like, look, mommy, I folded just like daddy. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. this is why I have a lot of opportunities <coughs> to get stressed out and angry. Because I want things like Marie Kondo, like perfect edges and everything is like uniform and it's it's all in the drawer and it's so tidy and it's so neat and the fact is we have little little kids and I needed to train them for the expected goal and obviously as Roman's getting older um, there's a lot more that he can achieve and he can he can get a higher mark if you will so he can get a better fold to the clothes Aren't you guys liking all the product placement we have this week? We've got Marie Kondo. Yes. I think I found that book in my stocking as a stocking stuffer after the wadded up clothes fiasco. And we missed the opportunity. Of tidying up. Life-changing magic, that is. <laughs> we missed an opportunity to product place some of our favorite cereals when we're talking about oh, spilling cereal, cereal. You know, that sweet, sweet grape nuts money. <laughs> Not available. Uh, more like Gorilla Munch and Cheerios. We love Gorilla Munch. Uh, peanut Butter Panda Puffs. All of this matters a lot. You guys need to be <laughs> writing this down. But you're talking about kind of the dialectic between like things the way that you want them as an adult, like in your own perfect way, and then the yes. fact that people in your life, whether that's your spouse or your children um, or your friends outside the home or coworkers or people at church or whoever it is for you, like uh, just can, can often derail that perfect vision that yeah. you have. And instead of thanking your beloved husband for helping you <laughs> chip away that perfectionistic spirit mm, that's yes. choking you out Thank with you this ministry of laundry folding, <laughs> you know, often we lash out in anger because we want it our way. And of course, I'm teasing a little bit, but there are opportunities when things don't go your way to do just that and lower your perfectionistic walls and your grip on your circumstances and be patient. Yes. And see the people in front of the task. Uh, not always an easy thing to do, particularly when you're running late and things are busy and your margin has just run really thin. You know, when you're leaving for church already five minutes late, the <clears> fact <throat> that the shoes aren't tied is a big deal. If you're leaving for church 10 minutes early, uh, it's fine. But I think I was beginning to see this um, really just in all areas. It wasn't when there was you know, a mandatory deadline, but I was finding that it was inconvenient that Levi's shoes were not still tied. And I was flipping out with impatience because Levi is my, he's my daughterly dreamer. He's always in la la land. He's always coming up with a story. He's looking at clouds. He's noticing hillsides and silhouettes and beauty. And he's forgetting that he's put you know, pants over pajamas. And I am rushing him off super annoyed because we got to get to Target on time because, you know, that overpriced dollar section is not going to wait for me. So I'm like, go, go, go. We got to get to Target. But I mean, do we? 
Do we have to get to Target? The good bin might be empty, though. You don't know. <laughs> but you're talking about like pressurizing uh, something without a deadline. I remember reading yeah. a book uh, by John Ortberg called The Life You've Always Wanted, hashtag further product placement. And he's talking about uh, spiritual disciplines in your everyday life or ways that you can use your normal life to see uh, God's grace and become more like him. And he was talking about bath time with his kids and how he would like rush them through bath time. And mm. he's like, there's no like speed record that you earn a blue <laughs> ribbon for bath time. Like yeah. it is time with your kids. You should enjoy it instead of hurrying them off. Where are we hurrying off to? Right. right. This is time together. This is a moment. This is an experience with us each together. Why not enjoy it instead of hurrying? Right. And if I'm so rushed and so upset just to get to the experience, like, come on, we got to get to the zoo, then we're already upset when we've arrived and we already have, you know, kind of some, some bad feeling between us. And that's just not what I want my kids to remember of childhood was that we rushed to get to a place to have ill feeling. Um, I want them to feel safe and cared for and just loved and treasured, even in their flaws and even in their uh, tardiness or their failures along the journey. I don't know if you can hear this undercurrent that's kind of percolating underneath, but it really feels like hurry is the enemy of peace. And hurry breeds anger and frustration that when you're too busy and too fast and um, sparks fly when those things grind against each other. And we all have busy lives. You know, you have to get to school. You have to go to work. Now you're going to church. Traffic's horrible. You know, Mm -hmm. the Safeway line is really long. Since we moved to Castro Valley, they got even longer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And that hurry steals your peace and breeds that anger and breeds that frustration. Why are you hurrying when you don't need to? Mm -hmm. I think another... um way that I've seen myself set, set myself up for failure in terms of um, responding well to the kids is just simply not having adequate rest or hydration or nutrients. I definitely fall in the camp of the hangry people. I need calories pretty immediately unless I'm fasting and that's just a a directed focus. But even if I am fasting, like I really have to be vigilant to keep my heart in check and my mouth to not fly off of a handle because I'm not, you know, maybe feeling up to snuff um, with the amount of food I've had or water I've drank or this is where the going to bed on time. (laughs) This is where the Snickers product placement (laughs) comes in. You're not you when you're hungry, but also don't eat a Snickers. It's not healthy for you. Eat something good, but you're talking about this connection between your physical body and your emotional self that when your physical body is running dry on the fuel that it needs, your emotional self tends to also red line. And then that for you comes out with frustration or, or anger. For sure. It's all tied together. Um, our spirit, our body, our soul, we have to care for each, um, in measured ways to help the other thrive. Um, I also personally, I'm an A type person. I like to achieve things. I like to be quick. I like to be fast. I like to execute things. Boom, boom, boom. And I just needed to realize that I can't have 
a stranglehold on order and control and cleanliness with small children. Like I have to relinquish a lot of those standards if I want a happy, peaceful home. Yeah. What price does the task come? Yeah. Is the question you have to ask yourself. I invite you to become a B-type person like me, and you can get literally nothing done ever. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Every, everybody, Jesus, help everybody me. wins. Rescue me. You know, but yes. like before we had kids, right? You were working, I was working. We kept a super clean house. It was easy to do, yeah. right? And uh, with our camping chairs, the only things we owned. <laughs> well, that was way back hey. at the beginning. After we got married, we uh, didn't have. I mean, we didn't have anything. Yeah. Why did we get married? I don't know why we got like, It was <laughs> not a wise day, financial decision. Right? The and then we get back to our apartment in Tulsa. Do you remember what we paid for rent in our first apartment in Tulsa? No, I sound like a oh my like an old timer. It was five twenty five a like, month. Three hundred bucks. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And even at that princely sum, like we didn't have a table, we didn't have yeah. chairs or whatever. So we got like a Target coffee table as a wedding gift. <laughs> Rolled out some camping chairs to sit behind our beside our coffee table. I remember going into our cards that we got at our wedding and opening them up and seeing if there was cash in there, pulling that out because that's what we were going to spend on our honeymoon because we were out of money after our wedding expenses. I don't even really remember why we're <laughs> talking about this, but that house was easy to yes. keep clean because you don't have anything. Yeah. You just have like one chair and. Yeah. Two adults who have nothing better to do than to like keep it tidy. And then the more yeah. Legos we started importing, the more <laughs> like Pokemon cards we started importing. We never bought our kids Pokemon cards uh, until they started coming to the adventure and saving up their adventure bucks buying Pokemon cards. <laughs> and now they're everywhere. So now we have time six and busy with work, busy with ministry. And the house cleaning uh, is just not, you just can't do it as much. Yeah. Like you just, it's different. Like we can't keep it as clean and tidy as we did our apartment in Tulsa. Yeah. So I think there can just be a misprioritization of what really matters. And what matters right now is that they are small and they are in training and we are investing in their character and we you know, hope that they aren't just like utter slobs or maybe I do, maybe you don't care, but I do hope that they catch some of these things, um, maybe for the sake of their wives in the future. Say I don't care is really like probably a too strong way of putting it. I remember the other day you asked me and you're kind of like frustrated, not like really frustrated. You're like, I don't know when Roman is going to, you know, just pick up the mess because it's the right thing to do. And he values a clean house. And I was like, that's not ever going to happen. Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, I'm 35 and that's still not happening. So... <laughs> but it might, you might catch this passion that I have to have these showroom quality rooms at all times, just walking yeah. in there. It's looking like pottery barn and everybody's so serene and their clothes are clean and their hair's combed over. Ooh, and their teeth are brushed. Lord help us. If someone could remember to brush their teeth. <sighs> So oh. there's a sense in which the kids are in training and applying this pressure and, and even some rhythm and even some, not hurry, but like urgency mm -hmm. is good. Like you can't just drift through life making whatever mess that you want, but you also can't import your values into somebody and like make somebody care about what you think they should. Like God wired them in a different way. And this is a difficult <clears throat> task, I think, as a parent to help them change their values into away from what's 
bad towards what's good and to come around like our collective family values and then also to raise them in the in the way and direction that God intended. You know, like Levi, for example, like being a dreamer and being slower, like why are we trying to make him an A-type person that's rubbing against his grain? We need to help him be the best dreamer that he can. Yeah. You know, responsible, please pay your bills, do good in school, <laughs> like get a job, you know, like care for your family. But Absolutely. paint that picture and write but that paint book. Paint that picture. Take that yeah. time, like go on a walk. Like that stuff is so life-giving for him. And by mm-hmm. trying to squeeze him into this hurry, cleaner mold, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're rubbing against the grain and it, there's sparks that fly. There's frustration on his part as well as on our part. And it's just because we've been aiming in the wrong direction. You know, so, you know, we're talking a lot from our experience as parents. If you're not a parent, like, um, there might be something in your life that you kind of kick against the goads and you have yourself scoped inappropriately and there's frustration piling up on you. And to a certain extent, you can control these things. And to some extent, you you can't really. And so I'm wondering, Tara, if you have any any sort of tips or like solutions or things that have been helpful for you as you walk through life and have all of these triggers, which for you... I keep saying like yeah. for you, it's not like I don't get frustrated, but my Maybe. frustration tends to manifest itself in like withdrawal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm happier to like go mm-hmm. to bed early or like just mm-hmm. kind of retreat into, you know, checking my phone or whatever. Whereas for you, it has this more physical manifestation. Yeah. And so like, that's, like I don't I, know, I'm, I'm happier to, to blow up <laughs> and then re- immediately <laughs> regret that I was like up. happier too is, uh, is again, pretty strong way to put it, but that, that has been, um, you know, something you've dealt with from a younger age, right? Like I did not grow up an angry person, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're joking that you're the type A, you get stuff done. I'm the type B. I never do anything. So I have my own (laughs) set of struggles, you know, but, um, outbursts of anger wasn't really something I dealt with, you know, growing up or whatever. So for those of us that are kind of more prone to that or have this more blood boiling, hot temper, fly off the handle, however you want to put it, what are some things you do that helps, kind of control that or bring that back into alignment? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I mean, as you're saying, I did grow up with some modeling of anger and a lot of, you know, my story in that, but, um, for his own reasons, my, my dad dealt with a lot of anger. And so that was a visible part of our upbringing. Um, it affected us emotionally. And I think it is easy when that is your story to say, well, that's my crutch. That's my reason. That's why I deal with it now. And so I'm justified in that. Like, I can't even help it because that was my experience and that was passed down to me. Yeah. Like this is just who I am. Yeah. It's not my fault. It's genetic even. You just have to accept me. Um, but I just refuse to accept that that is my label and that that defines me. And I feel that I have made great strides to improve upon um, what I saw and what I experienced, um, as a kid. And I feel like that's, that's all we can do is to seek to improve with the Lord's help. And, um, just to his amazing credit, my dad really grew and really changed. And we got to experience that firsthand living with him. Um, when we first arrived back here in the Bay area and it was just miraculous. And I feel like the main thing he did was just let it go. His whole mantra had just become, let it go. It doesn't matter. Like really in the grand scheme of everything, 
it doesn't matter. That Lego that just crunched through your heel, it doesn't matter. The Cheerios, they don't matter. It's people that matter. It's our kids that matter. It's the intimacy and the closeness of relationship. So that's my little caveat before my solutions, um, which is just a a quick list that I kind of want to throw out there. But number one, know your triggers. Um, If you know the things that upset you or that are a sure, um, just sort of boiling pot for you to get upset, then prepare for that. Prepare your heart for it or um, just set yourself up for that well. Go to bed earlier. Make sure you get up before the kids. Eat a snack. Have granola bars in the car. Um, I don't know. Plug your ears if they're being too loud. Leave the room. But know your triggers. Number two. um, Can I add number one B? Sure. (laughs) I'd say like as a spouse, also knowing your triggers, um, we can help with that. Like it's not your responsibility for somebody else's emotions, right? And Mm -hmm. certainly when people are overly angry or abusive, like that's not really what we're talking about here. But Mm -hmm. there are certain styles of communication that I can use that frustrate you. And so it's my job to know that and to try to not employ that when we're Mm -hmm. arguing. So like Mm -hmm. if I ever were to say, leave the room in the middle of an argument, like you would be really frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's my tendency to want to withdraw and like have a cooling off period and come back when we're not having our hackles up, is that a California term? Is that a Midwest term? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Anyway, I think it's like a porcupine. I don't know. Get your quills <laughs> Speaking up. Like a, like a wild man from the hills. But there are things that I can do in the midst of that to help you process. And uh, I should do that. Again, not that I am responsible for your responses. You are. I just think there's some ways that I can help you with your triggers. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like wake up early and then like worriedly clean the kitchen because you might rage around in the morning. Like, you know, obviously that's out of balance, but knowing that we value a clean house and that it's hard work, like maybe I should pitch in and clean the kitchen more than I want to so that you can have some of your priorities achieved and then you won't feel as hurried and you won't feel as rushed and you can rest and you can have life giving space for your spirit. Yeah. In fact, let's pause this and go clean the kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah, Buzz is going to leave now and <laughs> just go do all the work. <laughs> just lighten my load. <clears throat> no, but that's I so would true. if I wasn't hacking up my lungs, but anyway. And I really appreciate that because it, it is a team effort, and I think that communication is key, and that's something that I was going to get into in a little bit here, um, but just communicating your needs to your spouse and to your kids as well, that can be profoundly helpful. Um, but number two, kind of for the solutions that I came up with, um, is that we can train for character, but we're not justified when they fail or miss the mark. So we can train our kids to pour the cereal properly or to help fold the clothes or to get their morning routine done. But when they fail, there's grace for that because they're still small and we understand that. Um, we kind of touched on self-care before. Um, But if we need rest or if we need just like a walk around the lake, we need to find time for that because if we're not at our best, then we're not treating our children and our families the best either. And this is something you could even, I suggest, spend a little money on as well. Like, you know, back when we were super broke, (laughs) I feel like everybody in the Bay Area is tight, you know, like it's expensive to be here. And so sometimes you just want to have a coffee, you know, and like go out and buy one that you enjoy 
and that costs money, but that's an example of the type of a thing you might do on occasion to de-stress a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's possible, take a little mini vacation. Go to Starbucks, grab a drink. Um, if you Go can. to Cafe Ooh, 4. Go to Cafe 4. That's Buy true. Buy a drink. Ew, Starbucks, green straws. Gross. We're talking about on Saturday when you go there and then you forget that it's closed <laughs> yeah, and then you yeah. have to go down to Starbucks. <laughs> That's really more what we're talking about. You guys know my horrible obsession with cheap coffee. Anyway, um, do something you love. Do something that's refreshing to you. Um, get an accountability partner. I think that can be really helpful to tell someone the truth. Get their input. Get their mentorship. Um, huge, huge, huge. Steep yourself in the word. Let that be the beginning of your day. Um, frame Frame your day with something that you need to hear before you hear the squabbles, before you hear the fights, before you hear the crying for the 17th time because they tripped or whatever it is, just bathe your mind with the presence of the Lord. Even if it's just a few minutes and that's all you can fit in, do it. And then maybe do it again, a second time in the day. Just sit down in the middle of the squalor, let the mess just surround you, close your eyes to it, um, and just read another verse. Just bolster your heart two times a day. It's it's like medicine for our souls. It really is moms, dads. <laughs> when you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe around 4.30, it's like that bewitching hour where everybody's hungry, everybody's fighting. <laughs> Just throw them a snack, sit down, and read the word and read it to them. I love Proverbs, Proverbs 15.1. Um, Roman and I were actually having just a rough patch a little while ago, and and he was being rough with his words, and I was too, and we committed to writing verses for each other, and we would hang them on um, like our nightstand right by our bed. So I have this itty-bitty guy's handwriting that just scrawled out this verse for me, and it meant so much, and he wrote, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I just needed that. I needed to remind myself to stay soft, continually have a soft answer, no matter what those little psychos do to me, just have a soft answer. It's kind of funny because we used to live with my mom and she would get really annoyed at me and say, you have the softest voice. I can never hear you. And I was like, mom, this is actually an intentional choice for me. I am trying very hard to have a quiet, soft tone, because that helps me. It helps me um, just with the escalation of my emotion. So if I start soft, it helps the kids to kind of tune in. They have to listen harder. They have to strain their ears to hear my voice. And it helps me to feel more calm um, rather than just escalating and using like Yeah, like you're not competing for the noise with them. They're yelling, and then now you're yelling to be heard, and then they're yelling back, and then now you're yelling again, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's not yelling to be heard anymore. It's yelling to be respected, you know? And so softening yeah. and quiet, modeling that even for your kids, that somebody speaking is worth listening to, lean in. Yeah. Like that beats anger. So have those little tips and tricks. If you need... Um, just to do some deep breathing, step out of the room, get your heart to calm down, um, 
count to 10, take deep breaths, you know, blow it out slowly. You can look up different, um, even just like Christian yoga practices that help calm you down, different breathing exercises. Um, A friend of mine told me that you can come up with this thing where you have almost like a golden memory, like this really happy memory that just makes you feel so much joy. And one of mine is, um, it was actually the very last time that I was able to nurse baby Levi. And if you remember, he had such an adorable little cue ball head. It was bald, but it was kind of golden and the sunlight was filtering in and he was always just such a sweet, easy, dreamy baby, even from an itty bitty age. And when I am feeling just that tension and my heart's starting to beat too fast and I'm getting angry, I try to use that memory and I just go there and I focus on it and I breathe deep and I see just that peaceful moment of of mother and child and the sunlight and just the warmth of his little baby body and it really helps me. It was shocking how it helped me. So that's something um, that you can come up with. Uh, tagging in the other parent. If you are a parent and you have someone else in the home, um, tagging someone else in can be so helpful when you're just at your wits end. And if you don't, then just taking a time out, like locking yourself in the bathroom, let the chaos go on. Just take a minute to be alone and just be with the father, pray, ask him to help you get back in the game. I love all these advices that you're sharing from knowing your triggers to training your character to having proper care for yourself to having that time to soak in the word and applying scripture to tag in the other parent to go be alone, um, maybe even to apologize, all these things that you've kind of learned over the years to help you learn to control yourself. As we kind of unfortunately are coming to the end here, and I, man, I wish we could keep going because we have, I feel like, even a deeper dive available to us. But if there was kind of like a like a nutshell or like a one major takeaway you want people to embrace, or if they could just apply one yeah. thing about dealing with anger, what might you suggest for us, Tara? I think that it's a heart issue, and that we just can't make excuses for it. Um, marriage brings it out work environments bring it out, kids bring it out like none other. They're like a little vice grip for the darkness of our heart. My grandpa had a vice and he used to squeeze the itty bitty last dregs of toothpaste out of there. And I think about that when I think about the kids and how they just hammer you with opportunities to get upset. They are literally squeezing the darkness out of my soul and it brings all this garbage to the surface and it says deal with it. And we can't. And it doesn't define you and you're not doomed and you don't have to be labeled the mad mom, but tomorrow won't just be better. And I think that's kind of a lie that we tell ourselves, like we'll just do better tomorrow at whatever it is, whatever sin issue we're dealing with. We won't just do better tomorrow. We need to employ the help of the father. We need his word washing our mind and washing our character. And we have to get intentional. We have to communicate our needs and our feelings to our families. We have to dig into scripture, um, scriptures that will challenge you on these issues. The Psalms are full of them. Proverbs is an amazing book um, dealing with emotion, dealing with anger. The book of James, Taming the Tongue. Do a study 
a Bible study on patience or on anger, on your words. Um, there's a great one. We can put it in the show notes called Keep It Shut by Karen Amen um, or Watch Your Mouth by Tony Evans. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do, but you have to put the time in. You have to put the work in. And um, I learned, actually, psychology was my degree, and we learned that anger is classified by psychologists as a secondary emotion. So there's usually an underlying feeling that prompts anger in us. And it might be that you're feeling unappreciated or unimportant or devalued or powerless. And we can tell our kids that it's hurtful to mommy, that you never hang up your coat or that your shoes never hit the shoe rack. Ask them to show you love in this Family is teamwork, right? Like it's a team effort and we can all pull our weight. So even though Gabe is itty bitty, like he can put his clothes in the hamper. He can put his shoes on the rack. We can ask them to pitch in and we can ask them to pray for us and to have grace on us. Pitching in not just for arbitrary helpfulness, but pitching in because they're part of the family and part of the team and helping establish our values of order. That's a good thing that they can help with. Yeah. And I'd love just in closing to read Proverbs 16, 32. It says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. And I think for me, I've come to understand that it is better for me to be kind and gentle and in obscurity with my precious kids and my beloved husband than working for all this exterior approval or fame or success or applause. Because what does all of that matter if I am just rough and unpleasant at home? Yeah, that's a good word. Proverbs 16, I think, talking about conquering yourself, conquering your emotions, and conquering the city. Um, The Bible almost makes the claim that conquering yourself is even harder. Yeah. You know, like James says, you alluded to James before he's talking about how the, the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison, setting everything on fire. Um, who can tame it, right? Only with God's help. So Tara, I hope everybody can see here kind of at the end, why you're my favorite podcast guest. Maybe our <laughs> listeners feel the same way, but I'm so blessed. It's okay that- if you don't. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> yeah, is it though? <laughs> is it though? Well, I've Tell been a podcast guest, so you can pick either me mm-hmm. or you can pick Tara. Uh, but Tara, I'm so grateful for you sharing your wisdom and your vulnerable places and trying to help people um, unpack their own anger and second emotion and walk back towards the peace and love that Christ offers. Um, and I want to say too, if this is a really dramatic issue for you, seek help. Um, These are some practical things you can do at home, but if this is deeper, if this is bigger for you, um, seek pastoral counseling or seek professional care because it's, it's worth it. You are worth it and your children are worth it. Yeah. Well, that's a good word. So uh, if you would like to reach out uh, either for connection with those type of resources or with another type of prayer request or anything that we can do for you here at Three Crosses, you can email us at podcast at threecrosses.org. You can join us uh, any Sunday coming up on um, the Sunday after this drops. This is probably going to release on February 12th. We've got um, our first John series kicking off on Sunday morning, and you'll want to join us for that. The Road Less Traveled, uh, figuring out what does it look like to really be a Christian and to follow Jesus Christ. And one of the things that First John so continually reminds us is that we should love one another. 
And so put away your anger, increase your love and your richness, and with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and with God's help, I know you can do it this week. Maybe not perfectly, but always on the way. Always seek after him, bathe yourselves in prayer, bathe yourselves in the word, and we will uh, see you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening.